This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome to Theme Park This, the only podcast that dares ask the question, can we air an episode that we recorded two years ago? My name is Scott Corelli, and with me I have Brian Green. We're going to try, Scott. (laughs) We sure are. (laughs) Uh, Theme Park This is a podcast about creating the theme park of our dreams based on any subject, concept, or IP possible. Each episode includes a park made up of restaurants, mid-tier attractions, and e-ticket rides, using nothing but our imaginations. But today... Uh, will be a little different because we are airing an episode that we recorded in February of 2020. Now, uh, Scott, I want to stop you for a second because I want to make sure everyone heard that. Uh, You did not say 2021. You said 2020. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) This was the fourth ever episode we recorded. Uh, And (laughs) the reason we didn't release it when we recorded is because we were going to release it a timed release with the release of no time to die. And yet I, I, and I didn't even do that on purpose. That weird, like flip flop of words. That was weird. Um, but, (laughs) but, uh, no time to die kept getting pushed back. So we pushed the episode back. So originally it was going to come out in April and then we pushed it back to November and then it got pushed back again. So we pushed it to April again. And then, and now it's finally coming out in October. And so, this episode is finally coming out. Um, this is not the way that we do things in season two. This this uh, version of the show that you're about to listen to. This is very much a season one kind of episode. Um, and in fact, it's an episode that Brian is a part of, but doesn't really participate in. Yeah, and I, I still have not watched any more Bond movies between... You know, between February 2020 and today, I haven't listened. I haven't watched more. So, uh, sorry, y'all. <laughs> sorry, Bond heads. <laughs> Bond heads. <laughs> Is that what they're called? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what they're called. Uh, um, I, yeah, we just wanted to make sure we mentioned this because we just didn't want to be like, oh, you know, being like, oh, this COVID thing's you know, not. No, not a big deal, right? Everybody, everyone agrees with me. Yeah, yeah. and then be, and then be like, really? Brian is like thinking this is a fake. This long <laughs> yeah. into it, I know. I mean, that doesn't happen. He would never say that. <laughs> um, and I and I, I went ahead. And- what I said. The only thing I remember saying on this episode was I make a Finn McMissile joke at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you do. So that's literally the only thing I remember about this episode. I uh, so so our guest in this episode is Brady Crane, who is Kyle's brother. Uh, he was our first guest we ever recorded with. Um, I took out every reference to him being our first guest because <laughs> <laughs> he isn't anymore. <laughs> He's our honorary first guest. Um, but uh, and I also took out like a few references, a few dated references to things like uh like at one point the disney cruise the 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 cruise ship comes up the um star wars galactic star cruiser Uh where we had we have all of the information now but back then (laughs) we had zero information and so we were just like guessing about like what it could be like Um, i can't wait to afford to go to this hotel (laughs) yeah so i so i cut that out too but um uh yeah but in 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 general it's it's mostly exactly what it was but unlike how we do things now where we all sort of build the park together. Uh, back then we like came in with ideas and pitches and, and things like that. It was a little more um, we call PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. And, and so uh, it's going to be that old style of episode um, because we didn't know what we were doing yet, but uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I think the show's gotten better since then. I haven't listened to this episode yet, but uh, yeah, I think we've gotten a lot better. <laughs> I think I think the the podcast as a whole have have gotten better, but I also think that our ride pitches have suffered. <laughs> so, because <laughs> our ride pitches were are really good in this episode, they right? are. Yeah. yeah, we we had some good stuff like yeah. early on. Yeah. So 
Um, so that's the episode that you're about to listen to. We just wanted to record this so that you guys understood the context of which, like, wow, why does it sound like they don't know what they're doing anymore? Well, because <laughs> we didn't when we recorded this. Um, it's been, I guess, I guess a year and a half is what it's been. Um, but that's still a long time. I mean, it was literally, we recorded time. this in Febu- February 25th of 2020. So about three weeks before the whole country shut down. I was still planning a trip to Walt Disney World. Uh, That's back right. Then. <laughs> That's still right. Still haven't sure been. Were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, enjoy this episode of Theme Park. This about James Bond. Hello and welcome to Theme Park This, the only podcast that dares ask the question, can a theme park only have one kind of cocktail? My name is Scott Corelli and with me I have Kyle Crane. It's Crane, Kyle Crane. Green, Brian Green. Welcome, my friends. And Crane, Brady Crane. Hey, good to see you. Uh, Kyle, you already took the Crane, Brady Crane joke, you know. Because it's so hilarious and everything. I was so excited about using it as my own. So. Oh, well, sorry. I guess we should have met <laughs> yeah. up beforehand and talked about this. Sorry about right? that. <laughs> right? And, uh, Brady, thank you for uh, joining us for this, uh, this thanks. round. Thanks for having me, man. It's It's been a while since we've talked. Uh, you know, we did some of the Movies by Minutes shows in the past. And, Brian, this is actually the first time we're ever, we're ever meeting. So it's exciting. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me <laughs> on. The, um, the concept for the show is awesome. You know, this is something that I think... Uh, there should be more of in the world is people just sitting back and talking about what the hell they could turn into a theme park or the themed attraction of some kind. So this, <laughs> this is a long time coming. Today's episode, we are discussing what, uh, what, what, what we could do with the James Bond 007 uh, uh, property <clears throat> in a theme park. Uh, this, is, this has been one that has been long discussed. I've, I've always heard uh well you know rumors about it being a possible stunt show um that comes up a lot uh and it's never actually happened which is shocking um i imagine that the adult themes have something to do with that uh you know it's not exactly the most family friendly uh <laughs> property <Yeah. laughs> um which makes it difficult to do a theme park with it uh but uh we're going to we're going to give it a shot um so we're going to be talking about James Bond, but before we get into our theme parks, what is everyone's connection to this theme? Kyle, you chose the theme, yeah. So I'd love to hear from you first. What what is it about about James Bond and 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 spy stuff that uh, you're into? So I think one of the cool things about it is James Bond is really kind of like the only, well, not the only, but one of the biggest free agent IPs out there that's not tied into any kind of theme park right now. So when we were talking about potential show ideas, that stuck out to me. It also stuck out because, and I'll speak a little bit for Brady, I know we're going to get to him in a second here. Uh, we grew up in a household where we were watching James Bond movies all the time. Uh, we kind of grew up during, uh, you know, the Pierce Brosnan era, mostly, of James Bond, but mm-hmm. we would always catch it on TBS and stuff like that. And it always seemed to be this thing that was just kind of like, if nothing, if it, if uh, the the four Crane brothers had nothing going on, there was probably a James Bond movie on TBS, and we'd all just sit down in the living room and watch it and appreciate it in all of its cheesy glory. So um, the idea of a spy-related theme park just seemed like it's kind of a natural fit, especially after what they were able to do with Galaxy's Edge. The first place my mind went to when we were talking about what we could do with theme parks is, oh, something like kind of a covert mission cloak and dagger spy type thing could be really cool. Uh, but I guess we'll find out how cool it could be here in the conversation today. But It's going to suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brady, what about you? Oh, Kyle's right. Uh, y- you know, just it just always seemed like there was some kind of James Bond marathon going on. And if it wasn't watching the movies, it was playing the movies. It was, you know, however you could work James Bond into your everyday life was pretty much just how things went. But um, I, I think my first, uh, my introduction to James Bond would have been in the Timothy Dalton era. And I do remember, uh, seeing, um, the living daylights is one of the first ones that I saw. And so that was sort of my initial interpretation of Bond. And then as you, you know, grew older, you started to see some of the other ones and just how different, um, let's say what Roger Moore was doing from say what uh, Sean Connery was doing in some cases, you know, or, or Timothy Dalton was doing in some cases Those movies are very, very, very different types of movies, but um, you could even go as far back to say Barry Nelson, who was doing the very first James Bond, Jimmy Bond on the uh, televised Casino Royale 
way back when and how different that is from what you see going on right now. So a lot of variety in that Definitely. franchise. Uh, what about you, Brian? <laughs> so I think I'm the odd man out here uh, where my exposure to Bond is you know pretty limited. I, you know, I've seen a few here and there. I've seen Casino Royale, Saul, uh, Skyfall. I think I saw Spectre. Uh, I think I saw I saw, I saw Goldeneye years and years and years ago because I was obsessed with the the video game on the N sixty four. But beyond that, like I yeah. I don't know these movies all that well. I think I, you know, I think I know, uh, you know, that y- you only move twice from The Simpsons. You know, way better than I know anything that has to do with <laughs> James Bond. Actually, you know, yeah. But yeah, it's, I've always enjoyed it when I have watched it. Though, <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. Scott, what's your what's your familiarity with the with the franchise? Uh, you know, it was always something that I regarded as a child as mostly not for me. Um, they always fe- felt boring to me and like a little macho in a way that I wasn't super interested in. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I liked more adventure stuff, and this mm-hmm. was more like action and sexy lady stuff, and it was not the thing that I was particularly interested in when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't until um, GoldenEye, <laughs> I think that was the first one that I actually sat and watched, and I think I saw that in a theater. I'm pretty sure my dad took me, uh, and I didn't want to go, and then I ended up really liking it, uh, and of course got obsessed with the game later on. Uh, you know, so many... So many sleepovers uh, playing GoldenEye all night um, and uh, and desperately trying to find a new game to play and nothing stacked up uh, in the same way. And yeah, that uh, Mission Impossible game was all right, but it was definitely no GoldenEye. Yeah, no, it was oh, no I go- tried it- playing the Mission Impossible game thinking it was and yeah. that was not yeah. the same. No, thing at all. It tried its best, but it, it, it just nothing was going to come close to that GoldenEye game. Um So, uh, yeah, and then I was really excited for the sequel. Uh, What was that? Is that, that's uh, Die Another Day? Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. Tomorrow Never Dies, yeah. Um, So so I watched Tomorrow Never Dies, and I was like, I think, was that bad? I think it was bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then watching the third one, and I was like, oh, no, this is really bad. I don't like these. No. I, I think Goldeneye yeah. might have been a fluke. And so then I, I didn't see the last one with Halle Berry, and I, I didn't watch Casino Royale when it came out. Because when it came out, I just thought, well, that's not for me. I don't like James Bond. Um, and then mm-hmm. it was, yeah. I think it was after Quantum of Solace, actually, that uh, everyone was like, oh, man, Quantum of Solace was so bad. And I was like, well, yeah, what do you expect? It's James Bond. James Bond is bad. And they're like, okay, but... <laughs> You saw Casino Royale, right? Because Casino Royale is amazing. And I was like, sure it is. And they finally, somebody finally convinced me to watch it. And I watched it and I was like blown away by Casino Royale, um, (laughs) which is like a nearly perfect action movie, uh, uh, action thriller, however you want to espionage, whatever. Um, It's amazing. Casino Royale is incredible. And uh, I really loved that and then was really excited for. Uh, Skyfall agreed with everyone else about Quantum of Solace being um, uh, uh, barely a sequel. It's like mostly like a epilogue yeah. to the previous film. Yeah. I was going to ask if if you've ever watched them back to back, and if you think that gives Quantum any. Uh, I mean, not as it, 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 it will never stand on its own as a real movie. It's just an epilogue to Casino Royale. So, right. like, I feel like the only appropriate way right. to watch it is right after Casino Royale. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you're like winding down and not really paying attention. Uh, because it's it's just it's not, not very good. It's just not very good. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. great. <laughs> it's just strong not very endorsement good. from Scott. Uh, and then Skyfall, of course, blew me away like everyone else. Um, and Spectre was real pretty to look at, but boy, was that movie boring. Um, uh, big big yeah. old mistake. Um, so it was. I think it was before Spectre because as Spectre was coming out, the thing that we're hyping was like, oh, we're we're definitely not bringing back B- below field, field, but everyone knew that they were. Um, right. definitely not going to bring back Bullfield, but it's it not con. Spectre. Don't worry. Yeah, it is Spectre. So we're doing some throwback, but definitely not Blofeld. Trust us. We're not going to, we're definitely not lying about that. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't know anything about Bond. So maybe I should go back and watch all the Bond movies. So then I watched all the Bond movies and, um, as you guys will find out like way later down the line in our schedule, um, I'm a massive Doctor Who fan, and Doctor Who 
and James Bond have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. They're both British. Uh, the main actor changes uh, a lot with no explanation. And um, it's they're both the older ones are both equally cheesy, right? Like yeah. it's they're 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 really goofy <laughs> stuff going on there. Um, because there's a there's a dry sort of um campiness that uh the Brits were really into in that in the like 60s 70s that uh, both franchises really um got yeah. into. And so watching through the older movies, having watched a lot of classic Doctor Who, I like got more into it. Um, and I don't love the James Bond franchise, but I do have an appreciation of it. Um, they're not all good. They're not all bad. Um, in fact, you could say that about, uh, every individual film as well. They're not all good, but they're not all bad. (laughs) Um, and it's, uh, it's an interesting franchise. I don't know. I get why people are so obsessed with it. Um, I don't think James Bond should be a role model for anyone, but, um, but, uh, but it's, but it's a, you know, it's an interesting franchise and I can, I definitely see why people are so, um, obsessed with it and, and sort of get really into things like you know, the suits that he's wearing and the watches and the gadgets and the cars and all of that stuff. Um, I sure. get it. Uh, even if it's not uh, totally my brand. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's more like the idea of James Bond, whether than what James Bond actually turned you know, out. It's, yeah. I think it's, that's the it's appeal. It's funny that it, you yeah. say Goldeneye was kind of where you came in. Uh, and that was, I think the first one I remember seeing in the theaters, but um that was, that was really the first Bond movie that was kind of self-aware and was really addressing the times and the fact that James Bond kind of sucks as a person and he wasn't <laughs> one to be idolized. And you, yeah. you get him really just reading him up and down yeah, and saying like, man, you're just, you're, uh, I think she calls him a relic of the Cold War. Like, <laughs> and it's, it sucks because like it was a really good movie to kind of restart the franchise that is, as it had been dead for a few years. Mm-hmm. And Martin Campbell just did a bang up job making a you know pretty good movie, and then the rest of them were just like I, I don't know if you've seen the documentary Everything or Nothing. I have. It's big retrospective. Di- yeah, it's, it's amazing. really good. Uh, Pierce Brosnan starts to confuse the movies he was in, and he's like, "Man, after Goldeneye, they just kind of blend it together." And he laughs, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it's funny and everything, but it's 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 true." And these movies should not fall short of the standard of, uh, you know, so much of what had come before, and including uh, Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. And it did, and all of them were just subpar movies, and it sucks because he was—I think he was a good Bond. He was just given these these really shitty scripts and everything. And so, it's funny that Martin Campbell came back to reinvigorate things with Casino Royale just a few years later, and then said he would never come back mm-hmm. to Bond again, which kind of sucks. But well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he had Green Lantern to make, so um, oh, yeah. he he had <laughs> his edge. priorities, Brady. Universally beloved film. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get started because uh, we've got restaurants to talk about. So um, what what are we what are we what are we thinking for a James Bond uh, rest, restaurant style or themed restaurant? Um, Kyle, we'll start with you. Yeah. So with my restaurant, I kind of wanted to tie it into a resort as well, uh, which would be the Golden Eye Resort, which is based on Ian Fleming's house in Jamaica. Uh, and then of course, uh, no Jamaican style food in the, and <laughs> what I've got here. So, uh, for this one, um, I know usually we kind of talk about the, the surroundings and the ambiance of everything, but I actually made a list of some food items that could be served at this restaurant. Uh, I'm calling it the Casino Royale <laughs> Royal Buffet, uh, to fill it in with, uh, kind of, if you ever go to, to Las, uh, Las Vegas and you stay at a yeah. hotel, they're all famous for their buffets. So you go to the Bellagio, you go to the buffet and the Flamingo and so on and so on. Um, so what I did is came up with a few food items here I wanted to read out to you guys and just kind of see if any of this sounds like it's uh, appealing to you. Um, so these these foods are inspired by James Bond films and they'll make you want to diet another day because this food is for your thighs only. Nice. Uh, so first of all, we've got Spectre Ghost Pepper Tacos <laughs> featuring Quantum of Salsa. Uh, I've got Thunder Meatballs featuring Curly Q's, uh, Grilled Octopussy, uh, <laughs> on the top of Her Majesty's Seaweed Salad. Uh, let's see, Gold Chicken Fingers, uh, with featuring the Spicy Albert Broccoli. Nice. Uh, for dessert, we have Moonraker Pie. And then, of course, the, uh, the big, the big dish here would be the, uh, License to Grill Barbecue Platter <laughs> oh, with Odd Job Corn on the Cob. And of course, a vegan dish, uh, excuse me, vegan dish for those out there. This is the uh, Dr. No Meat 
which would be a soy-based steak on top of a kale Man, salad. Man, I got to so, tell you, you're either that good or you spent a lot more time than I did on this. That's pretty good. <laughs> he just paid the Bob's Burgers writers uh, to pitch that to him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I outsource all of my stuff here. Uh, but no, but I'm thinking of, um, you know, uh, so many James Bond films uh, take place in casinos. There's usually some sort of like... A uh, person he has to meet at like a craps table or something like that. So you'll see Bond sitting there maybe, you know, uh, with some innuendo, be it uh, adult oriented or kind of like uh, trying to move a plot forward where he's trying to meet somebody and he's pretending to be somebody else. So I'm thinking it would be kind of cool to have this in a darkly lit like casino type area. Uh, and then, of course, a, you know, a bunch of jokey stuff here for the food. But I'm thinking that that would kind of maybe uh, set the mood for what would probably be a very action-heavy part park. I think we're going to get into that in a minute. But I'm thinking the the kind of um, other side of that coin would be maybe a very dark, very kind of like not solemn or somber, but kind of like mysterious eating uh, establishment. So, so, okay, is this an actual resort or is it this just the restaurant? So I spent the majority of time on okay. the restaurant because of, because of the food puns. Uh, but Golden Eye, what, what I'm thinking here is uh, there actually is a Golden Eye resort in Jamaica, uh-huh. which has no affiliation with the Broccoli Estate, which are the owners of the James Bond uh, franchise. Uh, or Ian Fleming, but Ian Fleming, uh, after he was a submarine commander in uh, World War II, I think it was, he fell in love with Jamaica and he built a house there. And that's, I think there were a few other writers that had like the Firefly Estate is around the corner. And he wrote the James Bond books at GoldenEye. Uh, So there is a very distinct a style to kind of the British Jamaican um it's a it's a colonial style I think it's like Jamaican colonial uh that are really cool looking houses that kind of usually sit on water with a big porch and then of course the inside is just a little bedroom and everything because you spend most of your day outside drinking staring at like beautiful oceans and stuff like that so what I'm thinking here is kind of a uh maybe a bunch of houses like that on a large body of water uh, kind of in that uh, golden eye style. So probably something more akin to like the Polynesian, uh, they're upscaled uh, at, at Disney World. The Polynesian uh, Resort has a few on the water, the kind of like houses. So, um, yeah. So is this, so then is it, so is it a resort or, a, or is it, is it meant to look like a resort or meant to look like a casino? Both. Uh, so oh. it's, yeah. So it would be resort rooms overlooking water attached uh-huh. to the casino royale would just be the restaurant so there wouldn't actually be any oh. gambling or anything like that so yeah you'd walk from your room which is located on water over to the casino royale. okay so this is this is an actual room it's not like it's not like a it's not a restaurant theme to look like a resort it's an actual resort where you can stay correct yes yeah okay okay yeah, so gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah. okay one thing i need that I, I need to ask about if I stay at this resort, do I get like one of those like fun blue rompers that he has in Goldfinger? <laughs> because that's like one of those. Yes, instead the, of how I, like I, that's probably the strongest memory I have of that movie is the the sexism and the blue romper. <laughs> yeah, that's in, instead of a robe in your closet, you'll have a blue okay. I'm sold. For Done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mentioned uh, the Golden Eye Ranch. Uh, you can actually stay there. And I don't know if you guys have ever looked into the prices, but I mean, it starts at just astronomical amounts. Like, I, I can't even oh, remember yeah. like mm. the, the going rate or whatever. But what's interesting, if I'm not mistaken, you can actually stay in Ian Fleming's like bedroom or something, and they still have his writing desk where he wrote some of the original uh, books. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I think this Goldeneye Resort I'm talking about is going to be slightly cheaper <laughs> in price than actually staying in Goldeneye yeah. itself. So, yeah. But but you know what? You could still you could still set up painstakingly recreate Ian Fleming's office just like Walt's office yeah. at Disneyland. That'd be awesome. Yes, be yeah. Cool. <laughs> With a big old bottle of booze right on the desk just yeah. to make it authentic. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big big bottle of rum. There's your yeah. there's your plus yeah. up. <laughs> uh Brady, what's your restaurant? So, I you know, kind of got stumped going into this one. And I thought that uh, as with a lot of the ideas I was coming up with for this, you'd have to get really James Bond centric uh, to really like show that this is a James Bond themed thing. Like Kyle, all of the dishes were clearly from there's no way you could look at that menu and not say like, oh, this is all from James Bond or whatever. So one of the things I was thinking is um, that. OK, Jacques Lindsay's hangar bar in Disney World. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's in Disney Springs and it's supposed to be. Kind of tangentially related to Indiana Jones. I love it. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went in there and I liked it. But I, if I was a layman, I would have absolutely no idea that there's an Indiana Jones connection here. So if that was their goal, ugh, I don't know if they, for me anyway, I don't know if they really got it across. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, mine, instead of like, what would you do? It was more like, what would you not do? And it was not take the Jacques Lindsay's hangar bar route <laughs> and probably try and have some more James Bond centric stuff in there. But then you run the risk of like beating people over the head with like, hey, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're in planet Hollywood or something. Yeah. So it was just, just beat line. them over the head with relentless puns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do that? But, uh, so it's, it's, you know, short answer or whatever, but it's, it's more or less like, what wouldn't you do? So I have absolutely no answer for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. mine is, uh, my, mine is a, uh, 1960s themed, uh, cocktail bar. Um, Ooh, where they cool. only uh, serve one kind of drink, and it's a it's a martini, um, a, a watered Collins, down man. martini, uh, because you, they're shaken instead of stirred, like they're supposed to be, uh, um, which is the joke, right? I think I think Ian Fleming wrote that as a joke, <laughs> which is that like James Bond yeah. can't handle his liquor, and no one got the joke. Um, oh well, really? Yeah, yeah, because you're not supposed <laughs> to shake a martini because it waters yeah. down the alcohol. Like that's you're supposed to stir it. Because you don't want to melt crazy. a bunch of ice in a martini because it's it waters down the liquor. Um, so so the fact yeah. that he asked for it shaken, not stirred, is actually not cool. It's the opposite of cool. It's pretty lame. Um, <laughs> James Bond is lame and he can't h- handle his alcohol. Uh, no, uh, but really, it's just a cocktail bar. I'm joking about only a martini. Um, as uh, as much as uh, as funny as that would be, there's just here's your menu and it's <laughs> one option. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a 1960s themed cocktail bar, uh, and it's just gonna, they're gonna have, um, a, a lounge, a, a live lounge singer, um, happening. And it's, uh, you know, it's gonna be like, here, one of 25 of your favorite, uh, James Bond, uh, theme songs, you know, and sung by <laughs> nice. a really talented lounge singer. And, uh, I think that, I think it would be like a really nice chill place to hang out after a long day at a theme park um and uh yeah i don't know yeah. how bad i want to be hearing the theme to the man with the golden gun blaring in my ear though while i'm trying <laughs> well to look anything. they would they would they <laughs> the ones that are questionable they would class them up a little bit mm-hmm. they would make them a little better they'd be gotcha. they'd be covers where you'd know what it was and if it's a good song they'd keep it as is if it's a not such a good song maybe they uh plus it up a little bit um make it make it a little gotcha. you know uh, yeah. reorchestrate it to make it a little more palatable <laughs> <laughs> you know the only song i will ever do at karaoke is nobody does it better by <laughs> oh who sang it carly, carly simon. simon yes yeah. i just yeah. completely destroy that every time <laughs> in a bad song. <laughs> so scott uh your idea here actually brings up something that i think would be really cool about a james bond theme park which is it's a franchise that has been like what 40 years i believe at least that has been going through so we've got like different time periods yeah. that you could tap into and i know you're a big fan of kind of the mid-century modern like mod look type thing For sure is there any kind of specific design that you think that uh, are like color palette or anything you're thinking about when you think about this uh this lounge um i mean i'm definitely thinking about uh, a place that when you walk in into it you feel like you should be smelling cigarettes you know yes um uh-huh. like a like a class in a classy way <laughs> which uh-huh. does, see it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense but you know i remember being a kid and walking into a place and smelling smoke and just being like wow this place is for adults and it's cool um <laughs> grown-ups are here yeah yeah uh you know just like that that real sort of Mad Men vibe um i definitely mm-hmm. want it to be uh, darker. I definitely wanted to have outdoor seating so that you can still hear the lounge singer, but they're not mm-hmm. like right in your face like they would be if you sat uh, inside. Um, so I'm just thinking of like maybe like a, a a place slightly larger than like a Trader Sam's, you know? Yeah. Um, with okay. with the stage uh, uh, involved and um, lots of outdoor seating and just a really nice like classy establishment that you just. Yeah, you just feel you feel uh, really, really uh, relaxed and, um, you know, taking in the, those James Bond vibes. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And and it's it, it, it fits thematically and it also fits for a purpose of like it's this is kind of an adult franchise, yes. you know, so it kind of seems I imagine a park like this would probably not draw families so much as would older people. Right. So, yeah, I think I think that's a great fit. That's a wonderful. And the idea of like, the lounge singer singing the songs the whole time is just that's really cherry on top. It's yeah, because I'm picturing I'm honestly picturing this park like, uh, you know, the obvious choice seems like, oh, yeah, you put this in London, right? Because they they could use some more mm-hmm. themed entertainment out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think the best choice for a James Bond park is honestly in Las Vegas. 
mm-hmm. because yeah. I think you could do an adult theme park in Las Vegas without losing out on any money from families. Yeah. That's, a good um, point. Yeah. that's the danger, right? Is, is how do you make something like this profitable? And I think Las Vegas is the obvious choice. I hadn't even considered that because, you know, everything I think because familiarity, and I think Brady will say the same thing. We probably both go to Florida. Sure. You know, it's the first thing is like where all the theme parks are. My wife actually just got back from a trip in Las Vegas. And the whole time I was thinking about it, I was like, that place is dying for something that's, I don't like to gamble. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be great to go to like a theme park out there and, you know, see shows and stuff like that. And there's nothing there. For a while, there was some Star Trek theme stuff, right. which I'm sure we'll talk about in a future episode. And it's not there anymore. So if you're not really into the vices that come with Las Vegas, uh, that's that's a brilliant idea. Putting it out there by itself, it yeah, fits perfectly. I'd, I'd go there. Yeah, because it's a it, it's a it's it's a man. It's like literally like vices turned into a human man. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of weird that it, you know he's British, but like I mean, does any does any character uh, really just like feel like Las Vegas more than uh, James Bond? <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so uh so yeah that's 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 where i think my park would yes be, would the be only character that feels more las vegas than james bond is wayne newton's character in license to kill <laughs> doesn't he play himself in that movie i mean more or less whatever yeah. i forgot a lot about that movie they I, honestly at a certain point the eras just blend together and i can't differentiate yeah. the, yeah. the uh, individual movies as much daniel craig is the only one that i can mm-hmm. uh pinpoint each individual movie but I think it's because I was watching them as they came out, so it helps. Okay, so we talked about that, so let's talk about our attraction. Um, and, you know, as a reminder, attractions can be sort of uh, people eater, like simple rides. It can be um, some sort of live show. It can be uh, anything that isn't a e-ticket thrill ride attraction. Um, so let's see what we've got going on. Um, Kyle. Yeah. So this one was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around because attraction, um, I think the thing that your mind immediately goes to is stunt show for this kind of thing. Like it seems like it's a perfect fit. In fact, when they were first developing lights, motor action over at Disneyland Paris, the rumor is that they approached uh, MGM about using James Bond, but they had some tie ups with the Broccoli family's really weird about royalties. Mm -hmm. So they were like, you know what, we're just going to use our own generic kind of like a European spy type thing. And you can see there's some nods to, you know, it kind of feels like James Bond, but it isn't when you get well, when you go over to see it. Um, and then, but so, so I, I'm not a big stunt show guy, honestly. I like the idea of it, but if, if I'm in a theme park, I'm going to be riding a ride or eating at a restaurant or drinking at a lounge. I don't really want to sit there and, you know, in the hot sun and just watch things explode. It's just too much heat in one place. So I was thinking of, but I, I still like the idea of a James Bond stunt mm-hmm. show. So what I came up with is something that we've heard some rumors about, but there hasn't really been a lot uh, of usage of this. I think Galaxy's Edge at one point was supposed to have a component like this, but they either got axed or they haven't put it in yet, uh, which is a kind of the entire park is a stunt show. So if we're – I'm thinking of a park that kind of looks like a kind of like a a European city, kind of like, you know, old world meets kind of like a new world type stuff like you find in a lot of European cities with sporadic random stunts built in to the scenery. So the idea is that you're here in this park. Uh, and there's just spy stuff going on everywhere around you. So at random times, you might hear a song pick up, and you might look up on top of a building, and there's a person running from building to building getting in a shootout or something like that. Or maybe there's a street that gets blocked off, and all of a sudden a car pulls up, and somebody jumps out, and they catch on fire (laughs) or something like that. So the attraction I'm thinking of is kind of a randomly generated stunt show that could happen uh, in the main area mm. at any time, uh, be it a shootout or a motorcycle chase or hang glider, you know, whatever kind of thing, or a guy on a jetpack, <laughs> you know, whatever you would see in a James Bond film. Um, but it's not anything that you actually have to queue up for. It's just kind of as you're in the town you walking know, around and shopping this, and this stuff. This doesn't sound too similar from like uh... – Frontierland would occasionally have two cowboys in quotes suddenly start arguing with each true. other in the streets and either have a shootout or just walk away from each other or something like that. It sounds like yeah. a little bit more of an updated version of that. So, yeah, and, and what I'm thinking is you might be sitting there in a restaurant and all of a sudden a woman in a cat suit walks by and you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden she pulls a Walter PPK out of her purse and just starts shooting at somebody on the other side of the street. And, you know, uh, things are kind of like 
sparking as bullets are hitting them or whatever and it's just kind of you're there in that situation uh, it's kind of like it, it's it, kind of like what they promised us uh galaxy's edge exactly. was going to be before uh right before the new disney ceo uh axed uh-huh. all those ideas oh, <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm, I'm thinking of uh that this is the the other scenario that it might work really well yeah in. so uh, definitely a nod to galaxy's edge because they had that idea first but uh since they haven't enacted on it yet i'm sticking it in my <laughs> theme park so that's it uh, stunt show that's just happening around you at, at random Very intervals. Cool. Uh, okay, so this, this brought cool. up an idea in my head. Uh, do y'all know anything about uh, Sleep No More in New York? No. Uh, uh, yeah, so Sleep No More bit, is ahead. an immersive theater show. Uh, immersive play. It is a mixture of um, uh, it's some old movie, I don't remember which one it is, and Macbeth. And it is wow. like set in uh, like jazz era, like uh, in this hotel and you, you go in, you are given a mask and you, and you are given free reign. Uh, if you, you can walk wherever you'd like in this five story warehouse that is made to look like an old twenties hotel. And as you're walking around, you, you can explore. There's like, a, there's a you know, graveyard, there's a forest, there is a back alley there's bars there are hotel rooms there's a ballroom and as you're walking around there are actors performing scenes and so you can choose to go follow this character or that character uh, as you're going around and so like you could choose to follow one character the whole time you could choose to just like wander aimlessly and just open drawers Uh, it's an unbelievably immersive experience and I would love to see that with James Bond. I think I think that could be really cool. Like with oh, yeah. just with spy stuff going on all around. You know, you could choose to follow this one character. You know, I've done and see what he's up to, what he what's going on in his life when James Bond isn't around. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah, it's just like a day to day thing, and it gets whatever it is. Yeah. It's. Yeah, and that's – in my head, I was kind of calling this the spying world of James Bond because it kind of seems like to follow James Bond himself would kind of be – this is more about the idea of like a spy type thing than it is an actual uh, character that you're following around or you know interacting with or anything like this. So yeah, to, to that effect, uh, to Brian, what you're saying, it's like a living world that Absolutely. you just happen to be in and it's going to happen around you it's no like, matter what. It's like let's follow James yeah. Bond to the grocery store to see like, what he's going to get or <laughs> yeah. he's got to get his car washed today. He's got to take the Aston Martin through uh, the old car wash. Yeah. <laughs> just loading up kitty litter <laughs> yeah. in the back of his Aston Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, somebody had to take Blofeld's cat when he died. I mean, shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brady, what's your attraction? You know, it's crazy that you guys are saying, uh, you know, these more like interactive ideas as opposed to like rides or a stunt show per se or something like that, because that's exactly where I went as well uh, with something kind of, I guess, like a James Bond experience, like a walk around experience. Um, but I started thinking, except for like, you know, do something a little bit more spy centric than, say, James Bond specific, and that would be uh, to sort of customize your own adventure and uh, starting off going through like, say, Q Branch or something like that. And you're given like little bits of tech that he would have had throughout the movies or thing you can sort of design. I think Test Track and Epcot gives you a similar option where you can sort of design your car and then you get to ride the car and see how the car does, although I think it's pretty randomized. Um, But you know, just to be able to take that through a sort of Galaxy's Edge type environment, something that's kind of themed. But you could even go beyond that. Instead of designing just your spy tech you can bring, you could actually design your own missions. And those are sort of like, uh, or pick and choose from a select few that you're offered. And you have to like go fulfill those with your spy tech that you designed for yourself. And throughout, there could be little things that, okay, what was the Kim Possible experience they had at Epcot a few years ago where you had like a cell phone that would go off? I never did it, but you'd walk around hearing that's it. Yes. I think that's yeah. all anybody called it was just that like a little <laughs> ringtone. But there was this thing where you could walk around Epcot and you had some kind of device. I think it was a, a like a mm-hmm. burner a phone, phone, a trap yeah. phone or something like that. And then yeah. mm-hmm. it would go off and little Thank God you could probably explain this better than I can real quick, if you don't mind. No, no, no. You're, okay. you're, you're saying the right thing. I mean, it was the coolest thing in the world. I think it's getting yeah. re- retrofitted to be DuckTales, but you would go around the different world showcase pavilions, type something into your phone, and then a random even a little thing would happen, like a clock would open and a cuckoo bird would come out yeah, or something so like that. And it's, something it, like yeah. that. And whatever the little piece of gear or spy tech that you got 
uh, would go off and initiate something and help you find like another clue that would further your adventure. Um, one thing that came to mind would be, okay, let's say for the sake of a story here, that the double O agent who was there before you came up missing, but he was able to leave you messages to help spur your quest on or whatever. And so there could be a big wall and on it with invisible ink is some kind of clue you've got to read to move to the next step. And you can only see it with uh, infrared glasses or something like that. And I remember there used to be these little spy mm. kits you could get as a kid and they would have little, uh, I don't know, little spy, spy tech, tech, things like yeah. that. And one of them was invisible ink that you had to wear a certain pair of infrared glasses and you could actually read what was written on, you know, a piece of paper or whatever with invisible ink. So you know, you could be, again, I'm going to use Galaxy's Edge as the example, walking around Galaxy's Edge or making it your, the place where you're going to have your uh, customized spy mission. And you have to use the little bits and pieces that you designed yourself to to carry out the mission. So, yeah, something along those lines. Man. Yeah. It also reminds me a little bit of like um, the uh, the play, the Disney play app that uh, they mm-hmm. use in uh, in Galaxy's Edge. And, uh, you know, that is not something that you get to really design, but um, you do get to decide, like, you know, what you're scanning and what you're not and what side mm-hmm. you're working on and that stuff. So it does. It feels like a, a sort of evolved version of that, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that kind of yeah. thing would a very modern. It would have to be that. very limited because otherwise people would be walking around all day not knowing what the hell to do. Right. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my attraction, I kind of went in a, in a, in a slightly different direction, uh, with this and, um, I went slightly meta on my, uh, my attraction because, um, I wanted to do something that sort of celebrated the sort of, uh, you know, 25 feature films of, of Bond. And so a lot like my cocktail bar sort of celebrates Bond as a, as a, uh, a franchise, um, so does my attraction and it's sort of it's going to be the facade is going to be the MI6 building. And then when you go inside, it's it's sort of a um, o- almost like an Alfred Hitchcock presents at Universal. Oh, cool. yeah. Um, yeah. One of the like that opening day attraction where you sort of go through the history of Bond and and um, learn a little bit about uh, the way that like stunts have um uh, evolved over mm. time the way they used to be versus how they are now um, and that sort of thing and then you sort of they it, it spits you out into a um, a uh, uh, like a museum kind of thing with like costumes and props cool. and uh, cars and stuff from James Bond um, and it would be like a really great place to like keep all of that stuff um, rather than putting it in like a traveling museum exhibit that only shows up every like you know anniversary or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like that that's what I was thinking for my attraction. I was also thinking that once you get into uh, that portion of it, the museum portion, there's also uh, a a series of escape rooms that um, you oh, could cool. uh, yeah yeah that you could set up some times with where you you know you go through the app or whatever and you say like oh I'm gonna do I want to do this escape room at like you know two o'clock and um, you uh, you and sometimes strangers because it always has to be fully booked. Um, you know, you you got you gotta you know you get into a a room and you gotta escape it in like thirty minutes or something. Um, and uh, so I would I would sort of line the building with those escape rooms, um, which I think would be pretty cool. And I also think that you could easily do like multiple different multiple kinds of escape rooms too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could do some where you are you are the the supervillain and you're trying to escape from MI6 and then you could do some where you are an MI6 agent and you're trying to escape from a supervillain and those are very different uh rooms um and uh yeah. and I think that would be that would be a pretty cool um thing to do as well so that would be my attraction it's 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 simple but I think that you could get a lot out of it, which is kind of what you would want. You you build an attraction to pull people away from uh, the restaurant and e-ticket. Um, right. So you're oh, great totally. idea. Yeah. With and the it, escape room thing, mm-hmm. could totally lend itself to this. Absolutely. Yeah. If that were an early '90s Universal, <laughs> yeah, I would right? be all yeah. about James Bond today. <laughs> there, there's so many famous situations in James Bond films that you could recreate in that too, oh, like yeah. you know, the laser from Goldfinger. That's the first thing I thought you know, of. Was the laser from Goldfinger. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's 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 a great idea, Scott. I really like awesome. that one. Um. All right. Well, let's uh let's talk about e-tickets, huh? 
Um, and I should also point yeah. out that <laughs> Brian isn't participating because, again, he doesn't have a big history in Bond. Um, so he's he's our he's <laughs> our, our our friend that we drag to the to Bond theme park, and he's just trying to have a good time. So yeah, you you're the judge yeah. to tell us like which idea sucks less, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, he's the arbiter. Hey, I was I was like. 20 minutes into planning a like a laser tag like thing where you wore giant gloves so you played slappers only like that was my idea and i was like this is terrible what am i doing uh all right well let's talk about e-tickets uh yeah. kyle uh what what is your e-ticket james bond attraction so before we did this today, I had to send you guys kind of a diagram of what I'm thinking about because I don't know that there's really a ride system that encapsulates everything I wanted to do with this. So it's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, it's a ride in, in two phases, and uh, I'll describe what I've got written down here, but maybe we can post it whenever we post the show so people can kind of imagine what I'm talking about here. So uh, it's a, the e-ticket ride. I do not have a name for it, which um, I, we can maybe come up with something while we're talking here, uh, but it'd be a combination motion simulator and kind of like a slot racer style ride akin to radiator springs racers or test track okay so the premise of this is that you're not actually visiting anything relating to james bond directly you're visiting the aston martin factory <laughs> hmm. which is holding an open house to show off a new model of car they're testing so it's going to be a six-person aston martin uh with auto driving <laughs> technology oh so, please tell me uh, that they have to explain that in the in the queue like the back to the future delorean convertible Oh, oh, absolutely. There, 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 you know, there'll be a, a lengthy video explaining ahead of time that Aston Martin is finally getting into the, uh, you know, like ride sharing thing and you can fit six people in here and everything. So, good, but good. it's a luxury car that can handle, you know, a family of six people. The uh, Aston the better, Martin please. for the family man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the car won't be open air. It actually will have a cover to it, which will be important, uh, kind of how the technology works. But the idea here is you would walk in and you'd get in on maybe the left, the left side of the car, and the right side of the car has kind of a robotic arm attached to it. And this is in the theme of the ride because they're going to be showing off a motion simulation of what this ride would be like. So this robotic arm I'm picturing would have two prongs on the bottom and one prong on the top to kind of hold everything into place. Now the top one could detach, which is going to be important in a minute, uh, but the idea is that this is going to be a projection mapping room that you're going to get in with uh, five other strangers in the car, and then it is going to tilt forwards and backwards while in neutral to simulate kind of a slow roll roll forward and a slow roll backwards. So imagine kind of a half circle shaped platform that you're on that tilts forwards and backwards and you only roll just a few inches or so. Uh, it's going to simulate what it's like driving through the Swiss Alps, uh, through Tokyo, through the streets of Paris, all these James Bond type places you would find in Aston Martin. But then at some point, all of a sudden, the lights go out and the Spectre logo flashes up in front of you. Oh. And Spectre it tells you that this is actually not an Aston Martin car. This is a model for a new MI6 car, and they're about to come in and steal it. Spectre agents are on their way. Well, Ooh. the Spectre transmission is broken into by Q, who's telling you, you need to hold on because we have to get you to an MI6 safe house garage in just a second or else these people are going to kill you. So I love Q that the feed is broken into twice. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like twice. Two layers. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I thought even about having it go back and forth between the two agents when what's about to happen happens. But, yes, Q has to break in to, to tell you he's going to get you to a safe house. Since it's an auto-driving car, you better hold on. The front drops down, and all of a sudden, the robotic arm detaches from the car, and we're in a test track or radiator springs type race through a European city. Uh, so since this is a um, theme park, the practicality is going to have to be, it's not going to be a open city that you're weaving in and out of cars. It'd probably be just a few blocks and have to create a big circle so it can get back to where it begins with. So uh, it will start off, you just rock it out of the building and then come to a stoplight and then all of a sudden a black SUV is in front of you and the back door opens up and a machine gun comes out and starts shooting at the car. But of course, it's James Bond, it's an Aston Martin, it's bulletproof. So the <laughs> whole time you're in there, the car's shaking, you're seeing things like firing at you, but nothing's really happening. Q then takes the car into oncoming traffic. So you're racing through oncoming traffic when Q tells you that he has picked up heat signatures on top of the roofs and snipers are going to start firing on you. So while the, while the car is racing into oncoming traffic, you're hearing thuds on the roof where snipers are shooting at the car. And then Q tells you finally he's going to get you to the safe house, but he has to cut through an alley and then down a one-lane bridge to the mountains beyond. So, and this last little piece, the finale, you're racing down a bridge 
when either a drone or a helicopter or something like that will have to raise up on the side of the bridge and fire on you as it's coming at you. And of course, being a James Bond spy car, you're going to fire back. So Q stops the car, machine guns pop no. out of the hood and start firing back at oh, it no. until it disappears out of your view. Yeah. So then finally, you wow. make it past the bridge, around a corner, and then a boulder moves out of the way to which you park the car back for the next guest to get in. But this time you're in an MI6 safe house garage to where you can actually exit the car and walk <laughs> to a gift shop on your way. You'll see all the different models of Amazing, cars that James Bond has had throughout the films. So, And if you want to, of course, you can buy a BMW or an Aston Martin in the gift <laughs> shop. But you Of know, course, while well, I'm here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the total ride I'm thinking is going to be about like six or seven minutes. You'll have two minutes where it's introducing you in the beginning, uh, the, the kind of not pre-show, but the idea of that this is a, a ride simulation before the three to four minute race to through a European city to get to the safe house. So uh, again, don't have a name for it, but that's kind of my idea for an e-ticket. That's uh, awesome. Ride. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to plus this up here. Damn. Um, yeah. So, uh, since this is you know bond and is but it is also the radiator springs idea you know like the the car yeah. uh, can we add in Finn McMissile and uh holly shiftwell from cars <laughs> 2 <laughs> i mean thematically it'll be a weird fit but i'm all for it yeah <laughs> nice are we talking old q here or uh well that's the young thing, hot boy q could q. just Which be a one? voiceover so if it's a sound alike you could have it set in any era you know you could have a john cleese you could have the new kid oh. i'm not sure what his name is um but paddington. i would I, I would think probably it would be it would need to be wait what's that his name is paddington bear thank you paddington bear so paddington will be talking to you uh yeah groovy <laughs> yeah I like yeah, it. no, that's that's awesome. I love that. I love I love the uh, I, I love where it goes as far as, you know, you start off being like, OK, what is this ride? And then and then you really turn it into like a, a full blown uh, James Bond experience. That's great. I love that. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that was Thank awesome. You. Brady, what about you? What's your e-ticket? Thrill us. Well, I want to start going first because I want to start going first because all the girls are so good. <laughs> Mine are just like, uh, well, this is what I would not do. Look, you have more idea. than I do, okay? <laughs> no, I no, no. Cars it, two it, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, mine, I just kind of ran through. It was a motion simulator that I guess is similar to... It's a motion simulator and a VR experience. Kind of similar to um, Smuggler's Run if you were given VR headsets so that whenever you look left, right, up, down, and all that, you're seeing the surroundings, but you're still feeling the, sh- the shifting mm. of the platform that you're in, you know, and uh, whatnot. And you'd be going from kind of landscape to landscape uh from the respective bond movies but the problem i i came up with was like well okay so then you're just skiing down a snowy mountain into a forest or you're underwater like what then what's bond centric about it after that and uh quickly scratch the idea but since i gotta have something for you um (laughs) yeah so different environments kind of replicated from the from the different movies um that are going to bring you into those bond movies so let's say uh, like from Goldeneye, the part where he's in the tank moving down the street and the city, and I can't remember it was Moscow or something like that. Um, so something kind of like that. And then where you could take that, you get to control the vehicle, which direction it's going to go and whatnot. And then, uh, like I said, skiing down a mountain, you turn your head all around you and you're seeing guys coming up, you know, beside you and jumping off from behind trees, trying to shoot you. And if you got to dodge each of them and fire back and whatnot. And then uh, swimming in a swimming pool and just trying to dodge sharks, I guess, like a thunderball. <laughs> so, so are you picturing this kind of like uh, being just a sequence of things put together, almost like Soren is, where you're going from? Yeah, like and one, mm-hmm. one just kind of pops in and out of the other. Now, the old, I don't I can't remember if the new uh, Star Tours update, whatever it was called, does this. But the old one would literally just like, your ride vehicle goes right into an asteroid, and then all of a sudden there's a flash, and you're in the next sort of environment or whatever. So something kind of like that. You know, I you're see. just snapping from one landscape into another and having to uh work within the confines of that based on the you know what's what's gonna harm you in that landscape itself and then like i was saying you know other assassins or people trying to shoot you or stuff stuff like that you would find in the bond movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, one, one thing i like about this is that uh it really maximizes space since you're using <laughs> vr headsets uh, which, you know, everybody's pretty wild about right now. That technology has made all sorts of leaps and bounds. So you're not really having to use up a, 
you know, like a, a space for dark rides. This could sit on top of another building, or it could even be in the MI6 uh, headquarters mm-hmm. that Scott was talking about earlier. So I think this is the kind of thing that, like, the uh, Parks Operation Division, I think, would look yeah. at and really go gaga for. Because uh, beyond upkeep of uh, computers and stuff like that, and, you know, making sure that coronavirus doesn't get on the different uh, headsets <laughs> that people are switching from person to person, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think that this is one that uh, could really uh, have, it could go a long way and stick around a long time. Yeah. Totally. I really wanted to go. Um, obviously, you know, I'm really into sort of uh, 60s and all of that. And I, I just I, I really like the James Bond that doesn't take itself too seriously, um, but is also it's sort of taking itself as seriously as it can, despite it's, uh, uh, you know, holding holding itself back by the era that it's within. So, you know, you're Roger Moore. Um, I don't love the Roger Moore era because it's it's campy, but it knows it's campy. It's sort of like the mm-hmm. uh, like the like the old Batman show where <laughs> like, you know, it's it's it knows that it's being cheeky, you know, whereas in the in the 60s era with uh, Connery, um, it was taking everything it was doing very seriously. But you look at it and you're like, yeah, those are guys in plastic bags. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, but I kind of like that, and so I wanted to recreate that sort of old style um, spy feel with like a big, uh, you know, villain headquarters and uh, goons and all of that stuff. And so this is a you are basically entering a super villain layer. Um, I'm thinking something that like. Maybe it's even literally like a volcano base, like one of those deals. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. And you are you are entering uh, this thing, and the idea is that you are going to become a you you are auditioning to be a uh, a goon for for Spectre, a Spectre agent, right? Um, and you're you're showing up here, and then uh, when you are left in a room for. Um, your your sort of like first interview or what have you. This is where the pre-show happens and M shows up and says, you know, like uh, basically reveals that you are actually um, undercover uh, and you are working for MI6, of course, and that uh, you are assisting James Bond on a mission. And so James Bond is already on the premises. Um, and what I'm picturing as far as James Bond is sort of like, you know those you know those things that were popular for a while that meme where they just sort of gum- combined all of the actors who have ever played James Bond into like this amalgam human yeah. that's yeah, kind of what I'm like picturing for James Bond like I want it to be a a just sort of like a a platonic ideal James Bond. It's not any James Bond in particular. Yeah. Um it's you know in that way it's sort of like the the Indiana Jones adventure animatronic, right? Gotcha. And um, and you're still thinking a uh, 60s uh era appropriate like 60s suit and everything? Totally, totally. Okay, cool, cool. Um, cool. And so so uh after you get your your uh mission that you're going to be um assisting James Bond on this, uh you are then taken onto a uh a, a sort of a I'm picturing like one of those like golf cart things, um, like uh, you know, like almost like the ones in the Austin Powers movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I'm picturing something like that, and I'm picturing you know like lots of long hallways, and you're going into big rooms with lots of extras. And the idea of this ride is that rather than using animatronics, like sometimes you'll have to use animatronics, but I want this to basically be a stunt show that you're experiencing while you're on a ride. Oh, so okay. it is, it is Very live good. actors like being set on fire, jumping out of stuff, um, you know, firing at each other and you're zooming through this base, uh, trying to help James Bond on this mission. Um, and so that's wow. that's that's the concept. And um, the whole time uh, you're so, sort of like zipping through this area. The best part to me is that the whole time when you get into this thing, it has shoulder restraints and you don't know why <laughs> in, in a perfect blue sky universe. You don't know that it has shoulder restraints until you get to the point where you have to escape the facility and then the shoulder restraints come out and come over you. Um, in oh, a perfect wow. world, that's what would happen because that's what would happen in a James Bond movie. I have no idea how to practically make that happen um, without yeah, it that's being... that's a lawsuit waiting to happen right Right, there. exactly. <laughs> it, there's no way to do it without it being extremely obtrusive um, unless they sort of pop out of the back and you bring them down personally. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, yeah. So maybe it's something like that. 
Uh, and then, and then, you know, a specter agent comes by and checks the yellow straps. <laughs> <laughs> Please talk on your yellow strap. Agent. I had yeah. that joke locked and loaded, <laughs> but in any event, uh, funnily enough, I didn't. Um, but, uh, uh, then, nice uh, w- w- the escape is actually through. So you, you come into this area. That's like a huge tower that's like up above you. And the idea is that you, uh, you drive into this thing and the, the cart, the um the the seats that you're in are act they actually attach to the wall um and you don't you don't realize that that's what's happening and what 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 uh, uh q or whoever is talking to you is telling you or james bond perhaps um is telling you is that you are going to have to be on a jetpack to get out of there <laughs> and so the shoulder restraints go down and then you shoot up um and then <laughs> when you shoot up you land on the roof and in the roof is another vehicle. And so the seats are basically going from the one vehicle on the ground, shooting up and then connecting into the vehicle up above. And then you I drive you. forward uh, wow. um, to the uh, to the exit. Um, so that's okay. that's sort of the the idea uh, of the of the ride. Um, it's just sort of a you are. It's very Indiana Jones adventure is what I'm kind of picturing is something akin to that mm-hmm. um, with the big room reveal and all of that. Um, obviously, less mysticism and more goons. And then the, you know, the it, stunt show it stuff sounds like some of that stuff is in uh, the rise of the resistance, which I have not been on, like the car, for example, lifting up off the ground into a new space. The big room reveal actually having live actors at different places in there um, throughout or whatever. It's it's. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome the live actors in uh, in Rise of the Resistance are specifically involved with Q operations. Um, they're not in the in oh. the actual ride itself. Um, no. Yeah. Hmm. The, the yeah. actual ride yeah. itself is all animatronics and uh, screens. And it's very clear on Rise of the Resistance that there are some that like really have a good time and play around with it, and then there are some that see themselves as a ride operator. Right. So you'll get like. Some will be like, yeah, yeah, I'm with the resistance. I'm breaking you out. And then some like, I'm with the resistance. I'll, uh, yeah, just have a seat. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. with the resistance. Well, think... Please come with me this way. <laughs> Man, there's nothing more like disheartening than seeing someone who works on a, a ride not into it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, and, it's like, I, how did you even of... get this job? I'm sure so many Seriously. cast members wanted this. How did they get you? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody didn't show up for their shift. No. But uh, yeah, Scott, <laughs> Scott, with yours, I think the, a big difference with the, having the live actors is they all seem to be actor based in their what they're doing there's nobody there that's making sure that your seat other than the guy we're talking about tugging on the belt <laughs> right but everybody in the background has serves a very specific purpose and it's to stay in character the whole time so that fourth wall breaking even though it is kind of a meta ride to a degree it doesn't seem to be happening on the ride like you could have with rise of skywalker right right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so so this is uh yeah and the, the live actors inside the ride i mean that's the way that i picture that working is that at any time like say you have um i don't know i i mean i assume that the 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 reset would have to be something like 2 minutes or a minute um like 60 second reset for each individual show scene um maybe even faster than that probably faster than that um but then again this isn't like disneyland again we're picturing like a las vegas situation so um uh maybe maybe yeah. it doesn't need to be such a people eater but uh right. in, in any event um <laughs> The idea would be like, okay, say the say the reset is let's say forty five seconds, right? Um, so you would need to have on any individual shift twelve cast members playing that role, um, of like the mm-hmm. role of the guy yeah. who jumps through the window or the guy that you know whatever, <laughs> and so that you know you can you basically have a line of these guys on the back who each go and do this thing and 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 jump jump through the um you know, jump through the window or get shot or whatever. And like for the more uh, uh, intense stunts, those guys have a longer turn time than the ones who like just have to get shot or something Um, because they just have to fall down and then get back up and do it again. Uh, But it would be it would be a fairly intense cast member experience for sure. Yeah, there was a point, (laughs) I believe, uh, in the development of Jurassic Park, the ride uh, that there was supposed to be a live actor uh, like in the in the warehouse section like after you've gone up the the lift hill mm-hmm. uh there was supposed to be an actor that got eaten by a raptor i think oh yeah yeah wow. and so it's like he comes out and says oh we need to get you out of here and then 
and then like a, a like a giant puppet essentially comes and like bites his torso. Yeah, Kyle, why why the hell didn't I, we know this? <laughs> that slacking. reminds me; it almost sounds like they took that idea and then ended up using it on the Mummy Returns. It, it's exactly that's yeah, exactly I know what you're talking I about. Feel the like projection? it is the yeah yeah. It sounds exactly like just sort of like the 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 precursor to that. Yeah, and yeah, you know, good ideas never die. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's my uh, James Bond e ticket. I really love that idea, and I love again that you're you're playing with the different time periods of everything because you know, there could be fans mm-hmm. of like, well, I like the old James Bond. Some people are like, well, I like the new James Bond. It's like, great, we've got it for both you guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, any any closing thoughts, Brian? Do you want to go to any of our theme parks? I want to go to all of your theme parks. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea. That Good I'm, answer. Yeah, no, I, I like the idea that. Uh, Scott's yours is in Vegas. Uh, I like that just because it just gives me another thing to do while I'm in Vegas. And I've only been to Vegas one time, and I liked it. Uh, I, you know, I, I I spent some time at slot machines and saw a couple shows. But yeah, I I would love for more themed entertainment. Like I'm not even a big I'm not a Star Trek guy, but I absolutely would have done that Star Trek experience oh, if it yeah. was there when yeah, I was cool. go- when I was there because that sounds unbelievable. And yeah. so, yeah, if there was a James Bond experience there. I would absolutely do that. Uh, can I just have both of your e-tickets in my park, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think they complement each other in a fun way. Honestly, they actually, I, yeah. actually, all of our e-tickets, I think I think all of our all of our stuff together makes like a perfect James Bond park. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. This is a cool idea. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of yeah thanks for coming. And, and that's to say nothing of the fact that um, at somewhere on this at this park we we've got to have gold body painting. I mean that's just oh well that's yeah, gotta be, oh, yeah. that's got to <laughs> be a face painting. Yeah, <laughs> you have to you have that's to do awesome. it at the park. You can't show up in your own gold body paint. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> it will turn you away from the right. gates. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, definitely got to do that. That would be fun um, and definitely not uh, painful in the uh, Las Vegas sun. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> um all right well uh thank you for listening everyone uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh our next episode of uh, theme park this in the meantime if you want to follow us on twitter you can do that at theme park this we also have a theme park this uh listener group on facebook so check that out as well look for the the link in the uh show notes to this episode and uh i think that about does it uh brady thanks for joining us Thank you so much for having me. Anytime you need me back, just let me know. This is great. All right. Um, Okay. So thanks for uh, listening, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Bye.